Thanks for listening. This is Jonathan Armstrong from Cordray here in London. With me is Eric Sinrod. And Eric, I'm not really sure what you're thinking about, but you <laughs> said you want more FaceTime. <laughs> oh, very good. Yes, this is Eric Sinrod from Dwayne Morris. And by the way, this is Tech Law 10 number 221. You've been along with us for a wild ride of 221 podcasts and more coming. So, yeah, thank you for um, bringing up that topic. And I guess, as I put it, you know, what happens when, you're, when somebody steals your online face? So what does that mean? Well, what is real and what is fake in terms of online content that we're reviewing these days? We don't always know. We keep hearing about fake news and other things. And, you know, this has become a major uh, if not dominant concern in terms of what's reliable on the Internet because nowadays people really use the Internet just for so much in terms of uh, figuring out uh, the world. Uh, it's right at our fingertips. But are the facts, quote-unquote, that were presented really true? And do we know the actual source of material posted on the Internet? Um, and now this area of worry can be heightened by the development of face-swapping videos. So, for example, if you saw a video on the Internet that had Jonathan Armstrong's face on it, let's hope it's really Jonathan Armstrong. But to get really to the point, there's an app called Fake App, which can be utilized to create altered videos by inserting faces of people into these videos. Uh, and this was explained in great detail in an article recently by the Business Insider. Uh, this face-swapping technique has been used by many people really just for fun. That's sort of how it started out. I'll give you an example of such humor, if you want to call it that. Nicolas Cage, the actor, his image was inserted to have him becoming Lois Lane uh, in the Superman movie. Now, we don't know whether Nicolas Cage was amused or not, but this was really done for comedic purposes. But the fun really can stop when the faces of celebrities, for example, have been inserted into certain pornographic videos. And this has happened to Taylor Swift and Gal Gadot and others, and they have not been happy by this. And the problem can become even more problematical. Uh, what happens, Jonathan, for example, if this type of technology is used such that words are inserted to come out of the face of an important elected official? So let's imagine a scenario in which a world leader's image and voice are altered to declare war on another country. Will the seemingly threatened country take its time to find out if the declaration of war is real or fake, or will it muscle up and preemptively strike to protect its interests? So we can see how this can get quite out of control. So then we have to ask the question, can technology companies protect the world from the increasing potential for unreliable content, visuals, and sounds on the Internet? So that's a question um, in terms of self-regulation. And then there's the next question, is that their job? So, so far, at least in the United States, and maybe you can comment over there, uh, you know, these companies have been relatively unregulated when it comes to the content posted by others. We know that we have the Communications Decency Act and Section 230, which generally gives immunity to Internet service providers in terms of content posted by others. But there have been some recent cases, of, you know, whittling down on that to some extent. Um, so, Jonathan, time will tell whether there will be greater regulation here. You can tell us about over there. Um, but for there to be increased regulation, honestly, it must be intelligent regulation, meaning that Congress truly needs to understand 
and I'm talking about our Congress, how the Internet even works, which has not been mm-hmm. obvious so far. We might recall that a couple of weeks ago, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook was testifying to Congress for the better part of a week, and some of the questions being asked by our representatives really demonstrated an absolute lack of understanding in terms of how the Internet works. So how are they supposed to pass potential laws? Um, in the meantime, uh, some advice here. The public should try to stick to very reliable online news sources if they try to understand true facts. And those news outlets need to be extremely careful in vetting what they ultimately report on in this era in which so much can be doctored relatively seamlessly. You know, we do have news outlets, Jonathan, but one of these the first ones to sort of get out um, and you know, report on a story. Well, what if the story they're reporting on is based on a statement coming from an, a, a video with somebody's face implanted on another uh, body declaring words that really didn't come from what we believe to be the source? I'm not saying that very well, but imagine you have an elected official making a statement like declaring war or criticizing another country, when in fact that was the result of, you know, video face swapping. And that elected official actually never said those words. Um, problematical, don't you think? No, I, I agree with you. And I think that it is definitely a problem we're uh, waiting to happen. I do agree with you also about the sorry state in many respects of the uh, Zuckerberg testimony. I um, I was in the U.S. whilst that was going on, and I think certainly day one, it was staggering. I mean, I recall, as you will, asking Mr. Zuckerberg how he was going to make things pay if, if, he, if he didn't charge people, which um, if you were mm-hmm. to look at their accounts, you'd think he probably had found a way. And then the senator who had that particularly odd conversation about... Um, sorry if it was a congressman, senator, about sending emails via WhatsApp and getting adverts on them. It was just mm. beyond belief, really. And I, and I share your worry that, you know, how can you regulate something if you don't truly understand it? I mean, that aside, I think this is a particular worry. We have had comedy films on this side of the Atlantic. I can recall seeing one. Uh, of David Cameron, for example, which was a mashed-up film that connected various speeches he'd made uh, and made him say something else. And Nick Clegg, the former Deputy Prime Minister, uh, was also the, should we call it, victim of one of those as well. I've also seen more serious implications as well. We have looked at a whistleblower complaint, for example, that looked fairly genuine but took photographs taken out of context and moved into a different context to make the story. As many people will know, uh, images can be stolen from Google and other search engines. The BBC, for example, ran a very good piece about a, um, a married woman whose image had been used for a fake dating profile, which was one of these honey trap type scams where they uh, attract people and then they eventually get duped into sending mm-hmm. money to, I think in this case, to fund this lady leaving an abusive partner. And it was all fake, but used her real face and, and, and aspects that, that were her, but with a different name, I think. So we are already seeing, I think, these sort of scams on the Internet. 
and I guess they're as old as the internet themselves. You know, if we look at at these 404 emails, for example, where people assume the personality of a lawyer and then send these emails asking for money to be laundered. I think these scams are as old as technology itself, but I agree with you that as we can make it more realistic and more lifelike, then the hit rate of these scams is likely to be higher, and we're likely to see more of them. I mean, from what I understand, these simple emails asking people to help unlock a will in African countries or money out of the state still do have a hit rate, and that's why they still exist. And if we can make a video message or a YouTube message and fake that, then it's likely to be all the more plausible. From a regulatory point of view, I guess there are already some tools out there that could be used in the UK. In firstly, it could be a criminal offence. So if this were to happen with somebody's image, then you'd want them to report that to the police pretty quickly and various criminal offences could be made out there, you know, potentially under things like the Computer Misuse Act if the image had been taken from YouTube, for example, possibly uh, all sorts of fraud uh, uh, offences, you know, trying to obtain a pecuniary advantage by deception, as we used to call it, and, and, and those sort of things. And then possibly if I'm somebody like Taylor Swift and I've registered trademarks, uh, then there are offences um, uh, under the Trademark Act uh, in the UK, sort of a bit like going equipped uh, offences. So just as you can be charged with offences if you've got tools on you to commit a burglary, then you can be charged with offences if you have tools uh, that are going to be used to uh, infringe somebody's trademark or damage their their intellectual property in that way. So, very random thoughts, but I agree with you <laughs> that the risk is real, um, and it'll need uh, constructive uh, thinking about how to address these risks uh, absent of the regulation. And I guess I share your thoughts, Eric. That, that practical and sensible regulation may not come quickly enough to, to stop this problem. Yeah, and what's the expression? Uh, a lie makes its way around the world before the truth even wakes up, something to that effect. It's a Winston Churchill thing originally. A, a lie is halfway around the world before the truth has its pants on. Perfect. That's even, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I knew I could count on you. Did you go to the Internet to find that? <laughs> Did you see no, Winston Churchill's face? <laughs> I may not have got it accurately, but uh, no, it's, it's a story for another day, Eric. But we used to have a Winston Churchill fridge in our house. This is something you don't know. So one well, of my daughters was trying to learn Winston Churchill. It's a fantastic thing. If you're ever in the UK, Chatsworth House. Uh, sorry, hmm. um, not Chatsworth House. The Now I'm blanking. Winston Ch Chartwell House sells fridge magnets, and you can have a Churchill quote every day on your fridge. Well, I love that because you don't know this, but I went to Winston Churchill High School in Potomac, Maryland. Did you know that? Wow. I did not but know that, no. So, but getting to my point, last point, I know, we need to, I, know, I know we need to wrap up, but even though there could be potential legal remedies, as you outlined, and 
perhaps we'll get some stricter regulation from um, you know our uh, governing bodies in the different countries. Part of the problem is you know the, the law is playing catch up. There might be damage. Maybe there there's monetary recompense, but there still can be the scenario where there's the the fake swapping, there's the putting in a fake audio coming out of people's mouths, and you have countries, corporations, and entities perhaps thinking they need to take quick action, not you know filing a legal action and getting justice months and years later, but what do they do in the moment? And they don't know if they're relying upon something that's true or uh, created. So it's a dilemma. Um, you know, this whole Internet is a big social experiment and we're right in the middle of it and we don't know quite exactly how it's going to work out in many respects. So on that note, um, this is Eric Sinrod at Dwayne Morris. You can reach me at ejsinrod at dwaynemorris.com. You can find us uh, on the usual social media outlets. Please do keep sending us ideas for future podcasts and I leave it to Jonathan to close us out. Thanks very much, Eric. I think your wisdom there has disproved uh, a at least one Churchill theory. He said something, I think, similar, uh, similar to the fact that Americans will always find the right answer having exhausted the other alternatives. Uh, I, think you've, I think you found you got there somewhat quicker. Um, I'm uh, Jonathan Armstrong, jonathan.armstrong at cordycompliance.com. We love to engage with you on this topic or the works of Winston Churchill or anything that you fancy. You can find us, as uh, Eric said, in the usual places, including our discussion on LinkedIn. All that remains is to thank you for listening. Bye now. Cheers.